Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show on today, March 2nd, 2017. I'm Eric Devin and joining me this week are Nathan Sables and Adam White. Late drama at the Velodrome and a muddy pitch in your. We're here to recap the Coupe de France and look forward to match day 28 in Ligue 1. Tuesday saw Angers given all they could handle by C.A. Bastia but eventually prevail 1-0. Bordeaux came from behind to defeat Lorient 2-1. Prejus Saint-Raphael recorded the surprise result of the day with a 2-0 victory over Auxerre. Well, on Wednesday, Gangon beat Quebegui 2-1. PSG dispatched a feisty Nior 2-0, and Avranche put out Strasbourg on penalty, seeing the national side in, into the quarterfinals. The best was saved for last, though, as Marseille three times came back from a goal down, only to lose an extra time to Monaco 4-3. Lille handed Bo Bergerac a dramatic late defeat through Adair in, the, in, in extra time to win 2-1. They're off for the quarterfinals to be held April 4th or 5th. Sees Angers hosting Bordeaux, Avranche receiving PSG, Gangon traveling to the south coast to face Fréjou, and Lille hosting Monaco. There was also one match in Ligue 1, a rescheduled encounter between Bastia and Nott, and not surprisingly, the host went down to 10 men. But Ben came, came back to go up 2-0 before Nott hit a last-minute equalizer through Diego Carlos to draw 2 all. How are you gents doing this week? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, good, thanks, Eric. All right. Adam, let's start with Bordeaux's win over Lorient. I've not been hesitant myself to slag off Jeremy Menez in the past, but on this occasion, he really played a splitted match. His movement really dovetailed well with that of Laborde and Unas. And do you think that his being benched is, has been a turning point for the veteran? Giving him a new perspective, is he cognizant of the talent of his younger teammates, or is this simply a one-off? Um, I'd, I'd like to think it's not a one-off, but I, I, I'm sort of leaning towards the fact that he's still got a lot to prove, given given his form for the rest for the previous half, well, what for seven, eight months now of the season. Um, he, he really has been very sort of not just not just bad, but ineffective. He's he's really failed to to influence games on a regular basis, and often goes missing, and his control's been off, and he's just made poor decisions, and he's he's been poor. But he really did play play arguably his best game since they since they won at Leon three one earlier in the season, which was September October, and um, whether the bench this period on the bench he's been in and out of the side, and he really started what four of the last nine or ten games um, uh, in January and February. I'm not sure. Also, if it's bad, but yeah, yeah, he even had that suspension, didn't he? As well as his after this, after he came back from suspension, he had three games out. Uh, and then was injured for a game as well. So he's obviously had a lot of time out. And I think it's almost like he's had a bit of a wake-up call because the way that Kamano's been playing, um, was he was brilliant against Gangon. Fantastic goal, unbelievably good in that game. Malcolm's really come to the fore and has really kicked on this season. And Unas is still a very, very talented player, although he hasn't been quite as good as he was last year, discipline issues. So he knows that he's not guaranteed a place in the side and perhaps isn't even first choice anymore. So if he really wants to be playing football, he's still 29, you know, he's not 30 just yet. So he's got a fair amount of his career ahead of him. And if he wants to avoid his career petering out and you know, perhaps not being a success at Bordeaux, he's got a relatively long contract, so he's gonna he's gonna be there for a, a little while. So he's seen as a marquee signing. But if he's not playing well, then he's not gonna be in the side. And perhaps he's gonna be have limited options. Should he move on in the summer if he really doesn't, you know, he really doesn't coalesce him for the next for the rest of the year? So for him, he, he you know he really has to kind of you know buck his ideas up a little bit because he's been poor. So I think perhaps that that appear on the bench is sort of helped him realize that this is a very talented team and that if he wants to be in the side he's going to have to be playing well he's he's not going to walk in just because he's Jerry Menes so I think for now we can say it's, it might be a bit of a one-off given his previous form but I'd love to see him playing well because at his best he's a very good player so let's let's see how it goes before we get too excited but he was was good against Lorient. All right speaking about another match that uh, took place in the Coupe de France. Nathan, Alphonse Ariel looked very shaky in PSG's match against New York with poor handling on several occasions. 
And the conditions were extremely poor, uh, but given the youngster's earlier form this season, the mistakes he's made, what does this say about his future? I mean, Salvatore Sirigu is on loan, but he's still on PSG's books, and he's definitely been a capable deputy and even a starting keeper in the past. But Ariel is 24 now. He's had three full seasons on loan. He did well at Villarreal last season. But have we seen enough of this player to have a, a permanent judgment on him? I mean, is he starting to run out of chances is the question here? It's starting to look like that. It's heading that way, doesn't it? I mean, you mentioned it was a poor pitch at New York. That's maybe selling it a little bit short. I don't know if it, people have seen the gif of Lucas's shot that's heading in that gets stopped in the mud. Um, <laughs> just shows you how bad that pitch was. It was awful. But um, yeah, Ariola made a couple of mistakes. A lot more. A couple of mistakes all season. I mean, he almost gifted Leo that that draw a couple of weeks ago, um, where his his pass from out the back really was way too short and allowed Lille to grab a goal in a game where they simply were defending behind the ball for the entirety of it and almost gifted them a point. Um, and to look shaky again against a team like Nior with the form that Trapp's shown in recent weeks, especially in the Champions League as well, and, and being confident in those games and, and showing what we've probably seen in Germany, at least those that, that watched him while he was still at Eintracht Frankfurt. But that's really the worry for him now. You mentioned he's 24 He's been on loan a couple of times at Bastia and, and uh, Villarreal, and he impressed in those moments, but he just seems to fade in, in concentration at moments. He he does silly little things. He, he doesn't seem confident in himself. I don't know whether it's being at a bigger team where you have less work, and as a goalkeeper, you need better concentration skills to make sure you're sharp for 90 minutes when you might only have to make one or two actual moments of, of um, making a difference in a game. Whether he's got that mentality, I think, is the thing that's in question now. And that's why he's starting to run out of chances. And especially with Trap doing better. Yeah, you mentioned Salvatore Sirigu, but I think he's a starting goalkeeper somewhere, surely. Um, and if you're PSG, do you do you really want to lose Alf Alfonso Ariola and get another keeper in? Maybe if you can recruit, recruit enough money back from selling him, because I think there is still a worth to him. Um, I still think he's a decent keeper, but again, it was a similar situation we had to trap last season where we thought maybe they needed a better keeper, someone like Alf Ariola, ironically, to, to really man the sticks and probably force him out of the team, and he did briefly. Um, so whether he still has that moment of redemption in him, I'd probably give him another season yet, because especially with the goalkeepers that are around it, you can get a lot of longevity out of a goalkeeper and he could still come good, I think. But he is starting to um, run out of these chances and if he keeps making mistakes heading into next season, they, they've got a decision to make on him. All right, Adam, moving on to you now, speaking about Liga. Bastard took a big step in some direction, not <laughs> necessarily forward, hmm. towards a creditable performance at least, yesterday with 10 men, even after Alexander Giku had been sent off earlier on. And what looked different for the Corsicans yesterday? And do you think, uh, following up from that, that new man Ray Almeida, who has replaced Francois Cicilini on Monday, can turn things around? Um, <coughs> first of all, sorry. First of all, yes, um, I, I think this the, 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 uh, the new manager who's coming in has, has definitely added a, a degree of <clears throat> perhaps focus to the team it felt like yesterday that they were very much focused on 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 their tasks they were very much sort of much more organized the players that 
this season have perhaps let their enthusiasm and their what is often a very sort of combative team it's kind of boiled over a little bit too much on, on too many occasions and I don't know that, that Ciccolini had all that much control over the side too much I felt like they they sort of got a bit ragged in, in certain cases especially with Karazak who's been sent off four times already this season had five suspensions and has been sent off 10 times in 121 league and games is kind of kind of is a, sort of embodies the team a little bit and we've seen that with perhaps the, the club as a whole has been a little bit sort of a bit, a bit out of control this year. They've, they've, you know, the fans have got in trouble more than one occasion with them. And with Lucas earlier in the season, and obviously with Balotelli, it's been, it's sort of been a bit of a tumultuous year. And their fo- home form has suffered as a result, which normally is good enough to keep them in the league on its own. So I feel like yesterday, or wait, yeah, yesterday, or what was two days ago now? I know last night. Sorry, um, that they, they, they really felt like they were much more together as a, as a group, and they had them sort of focused and well drilled, and they were sort of fighting for each other a little bit more rather than sort of fighting outwardly. Um, so I was quite impressed with with that hold he had over the side. Even when they went down to ten men, they showed that character. Perhaps in previous games, you know, you thought when Duku got sent off ten minutes in, you're sort of thinking, oh, here we go, Bastia being a little bit over the top in terms of their the aggression once more. But they really held it together, and what has been a very good non side on Conte South, they they played fantastically well and you know worked well as a team pushed at the right times in that second half and when 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 they when they needed to and they got those two goals and perhaps were justified in getting those two goals perhaps a little bit on the counter but you know that they they worked hard towards them as a group which hasn't been the case this season they've been a bit erratic so that was really nice to see and I had never been a huge fan of, of Ciccolini anywhere beyond beyond that 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 sort of perceived in least on my part that unable to control the side when they're out on the pitch but I don't know that he, he really got the best out of the, their best players. I know Alan St. Maxim has been great this season, but I expected more from Crivelli and players like that. And I don't know that they've really been, you know, that they've really been cajoled into those performances that you expect from them, especially at home, which hasn't been utilised. So I, I think that although it's one performance and it's very still very early and it's very congested at the bottom of the table, you know, two or three wins could could push them up. There's still a little bit of way to to go that to see that they're going to be better than three or four of those sides at the bottom but it's a really really good start and even though they didn't win the game they'll be extremely happy with that with that draw even though they did concede you know to those two late goals they're very unfortunate but against 11 man non without the 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 end stand with the very famously vociferous uh support there i feel like it's a bit of a win for them as a as a, as a club overall and I, I think they'll be really really you know the future's a little brighter than it was but with Ciccolini in charge because it, it at least from yesterday's performance obviously it's very early days it felt like they were together again as a group and they were pulling in one direction which hasn't necessarily been the case this season so far so hopefully because i like them as a club i, I think they're they're something different to league and being from corsica they've got that much island mentality they're, they're sort of unusual in terms of a team so it'd be good to keep that variety in league and so perhaps that, you know, the future's a bit brighter for them going forward with it so congested at the bottom. Yeah, I think that it, I made a certainly inspiring confidence. I've just seen a, a tweet pop up here in my feed from Gal Danich. She said, how can we not take three points Saturday with this mindset, motivation, and especially this atmosphere for Sebastian? Mm. So certainly I think Danich is embodying uh, a very combative and, and, uh, and fighting team spirit there that we certainly, uh, the team had been lacking, at least in... The way that helps them on the pitch rather than hinders them. The <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Danish was quality yesterday. So he had a great game. He really did have a good game. Yeah, I unfortunately did not see the match because I was watching the Coupe de France stuff, but it was good to, good to see uh, Bastry get a, a point at least and uh, not in good form. Uh, I, I just want to quickly mention from what I saw of the game, I thought Jiku's uh, challenge was abysmal. <laughs> yeah, it really it was. was. Absolutely awful challenge. And I think Remy Rio is probably gifted Bastia appointment because I think he's at fault for both goals. But 
Mm. Twos and throws. He, 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 too awful. I think the first goal he should definitely save. It's it's poor goalkeeping. The second yeah. one is I don't know what he's doing in the second one. It's like <laughs> kind of saves it behind him, doesn't it? It goes through him and he saves it behind. Yeah, strange. That so Nolch really done better in that one for me. All right, so Nathan, we on to you before we start the preview section. Monaco did really well to beat Marseille 4-3 at the Velodrome. But that's now 10 goals conceded in their last four matches. Now, given that a goal against Manchester City will make that task much more difficult, is it time for Jardine to adjust his tactics a little bit? I know this team's been a total juggernaut going forward, but you know if they really have championship aspirations, uh, even you know, I know PSG have had the, this great attack, with Ibrahimovic and what have you over the past few years, but also a good defense has been at the heart of that. Is Monaco's defense, is their approach good enough to reach the level they want to in the league and in the Champions League this season, or should Jardine start looking at being just a little bit more conservative? Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed that I missed this game, actually. It looked like a cracker, but I think that in the league, no. I think that they can be adventurous as we want, especially because they've played a lot of the big teams already. I mean, they've already got PSG out of the way, Nice out of the way, uh, Marseille out of the way as well. Um, they can really go half a level in a lot of these games and it's shown in some of those really big results that they can get them because other teams aren't really going to test them enough at the back unless you're a team like... Gangom gave them a couple of scares at the weekend. Um, teams like maybe Montpellier might give them some trouble but they've played them twice as well. Um, Bordeaux maybe, that's another team maybe that might test them. Other than that, I don't think they've got too much to worry about on a national front, at least, in the terms of I think they would outscore anyone they play. Um, in the Champions League, yes, I think they need to change something. They have a strange balancing act they need to to work against Manchester City because I think conceding a goal, especially early, um, possibly kills the tie or at least makes it an adventurous game. They would have to really go hell for leather then. Um but they need to balance it with the fact that they definitely need to score at least two goals. So it's it's a strange one to think that... I, I, I can see him maybe adjusting it slightly, um, maybe trying in the Champions League a 4-5-1 to see it, or a, a mixture of someone like Bernardo Silva maybe behind the attacker and Dirar on a wing who's more defensive-minded. Maybe something like that in the Champions League that allows them a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more security in those... Uh, midfield areas and a bit more secure to someone like Sidibe who's not superb going back shall we say the, is maybe the best way of putting it the nicest way um, so maybe yeah an, an adjustment at least in the Champions League to be a bit more conservative when it's required because they can't go 5-3-4-3s every week and they can't concede that amount of goals in that many games especially against quality opponents that they might face you think of teams like Bayern Munich and, and Real Madrid. They, they're really, really great going forward. And facing those kind of teams with too much reckless abandon could quite quickly, if, the, if you don't start scoring the goals in reply, um, gets those games out of hand early. And you don't want that in the Champions League because a second leg with a, something like Arsenal have like a 5-1 deficit is essentially you're, you're hoping and praying that they don't turn up and you can put four goals past them in the end. So, yes, they need to change something Champions League. Domestically, they they will just outscore anyone that they face, really, at this at this time, at least. If they were facing someone like PSG down the, down the road who've really improved, I would maybe play that tactic against them. But against anyone else, I, I back them to score more than they concede. I think that's an assessment I can certainly agree with as well. Adam, do you have any thoughts on this matter before we move on to the matches this weekend? Um, 
I think I think it's definitely going to be a, a, an interesting progression for Monaco going forward. But I do think I do agree with Nathan. I think in the Champions League they need to be a little bit more streetwise, perhaps a little bit less naive in their, their how open they can be. So I'd love to I'd I'd love to see them beat Manchester City, especially as a Manchester United fan as well as Nathan. You know, double double edged sword. <laughs> Monaco as a French team winning and City going out would be great. But um, yeah, I think he's, yeah, Nathan's absolutely spot on. They're going to outscore anyone in league, and but. They need to be a little bit more, you know, a bit more subtle in the Champions League if they can. But they might not have the opportunity to do that. They need to score goals, so it's it's going to be a very interesting balancing act, as Nathan said. Yeah. So last week uh, we had uh, Nathan and I both did well with our results, but not our scores. Again, it's three points for the correct score, one point for the correct result. We had some late goals changing uh, some results for us. We had a late <laughs> goal by Gangomp, a late goal by PSG. The points out of our hands. Uh, so four points last week for Nathan, five points last week for me. Uh, that leaves me on 64. Nathan and Adam are tied on 51. Again, still time left in the season to catch up. So we are going to start with tomorrow's match. That's Bordeaux and Lyon. Uh, Bordeaux may find this tough going, Adam, after an energetic affair against Lorient. But should Lyon look to rest players as well, or is the Europa League too far away to be concerned at this point? It, it depends what their priority is. I, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to catch Nice in third in the league at the moment. I know that you know the, the gap's still in double figures, and it, it's going to it's a long it's a long way back to to take that third Champions League place. And the game against Rome is is Roma in, in the week, and it's going to be a, a huge a huge game um, for them, and it'd be a fantastic tie overall. But I think that if they if they're going to think about the league against against the Europa League where's their best opportunity of returning to the Champions League? Because they're going to finish in a Europa League place, you'd imagine, in the league relatively comfortably, even if they ease us a little bit, top five or probably top six if, if one of the top five win the, the Coupe de France as well. So, you know, that, that I think that's pretty much guaranteed for them. So I would, if I was Genesio, I'd be prioritising the Europa League and going, this is our best opportunity to get back into the Champions League. Although it's going to be tough, yes, Manchester United, Roma, there's some great teams left in. But I think they're one of the top three, four sides left and they... If they, you know, get to semi-finals and they get a decent draw, I think Leon have definitely got the firepower to win this competition. So for me, I'd I'd like to see him prioritise Europa League. I don't know if that means rest players here because still need to maintain that momentum. I think it's really easy to to, to sort of shift the balance too far. But so I, I think he should really go for the Europa League and think this is our best opportunity of getting back in Champions League and 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 maybe rest a few players here, but it's obviously still because still go as strong as he can, but perhaps maybe some, some, some of the midfielders like Fakir, who's been playing you know, a few games recently, might deserve a rest perhaps, but go for the Europa League, Genesio, I'd love to see them win it, and, and uh, assuming United don't, of course, and, uh, and uh, stay, get back into the Champions League for next year. All right, Nathan, Bordeaux have been in really good shape recently, especially going forward. Is keeping a clean sheet key for Leon's confidence, and is that even possible against the likes of Laborde and Kamano, given the form that they've been in? Yeah, it would be great for Leon's confidence, but I don't trust their defence. That's probably the, the, the <laughs> difficult point in this one. But um, is it possible? I suppose it's always possible, but you mentioned earlier that Bordeaux's great recent form, and we mentioned it on Monday, how how well they've been playing under Govnek recently with the likes of Kamano and, and Varda and Malcolm and even Unas got in the act and, and Laborde as well coming off the bench. Um, they've got a real attacking intent in, at the moment and they're really starting to score goals and get performances out of those players that we really want to see develop into into starters for Bordeaux. I mean, I didn't expect, like I mentioned on uh, Monday, I didn't expect Francois Camano really to grow into this role so quickly with so many players in front of him at, at Bordeaux, although he'd shown glimpses of, of quality at Bastia. And uh, he's been really, really excellent in the last couple of weeks, creating goals and scoring goals. I think he's got 
six for the season now and four assists, which is all sort of packaged within the last 10 games, which is really, really good stuff from, from the youngster. And, and adding that to the fact that they've got um, quality from Varda from the midfield, I think he's really growing into the role, scored his first goal at the weekend. Um, a real like box to box uh, live way. He tries to get involved. He had, I remember him having an excellent game against Toulouse, where he was really uh, he was on fire. He was trying to score at every moment, but Lafont kept him out at every single opportunity. It was it must have been incredibly frustrating. But to see Unas score those super goals as well at the, uh, against uh, Lille to bring him back into the game, to have him back in the fold after the issues disciplinary wise and and uh, such, and and Malcolm, who's really he's got. I think he's got wonderful ability as well. He's he's really maybe ebbed and flowed out of the season, but he's a really exciting footballer. I'd, and Laborde again, who's who really deserves a starting place. I think he he seems to be in and out of it, but he does seem to score whenever he's whenever he's involved. I think that, in all honesty, Leon's Leon could really do with a clean sheet. Whether they can, I don't think so because they they just too inconsistent at the back. They too make too many individual mistakes. Um, and it, it it will cost them at some point, even if this is a really this is a really close game. I, I'm really looking forward to this actually on Friday. I think it's going to be a really really good game. It has the potential to be at least anyway. Certainly goals at least I think. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of goals, what would be your prediction then, Adam? We'll start with you. I'm going to say three one Leon. Nathan. I'm going two all. I will go with a 2-1 Bordeaux win. And let's move on now to a match from the multiplex. It might seem perhaps not the most eye-catching, but I think there's a lot to be said here. Uh, and that's Khan and Angers. Now, Adam, Angers were, to be charitable, awful against CA Bastion midweek, and that is a, a third-tier side. And yes, you know, they were in League 2 a couple years ago. I mean, they're, they're still a semi-professional side, but... Uh, Angers really showing a lack of intent in that cup match. They did win 3-0 last weekend with Carl Toko Okambi leading the line. So, of these two displays, which is closer to the real Angers, now that they're starting to get players back from the Af- African Cup Nations and back to full fitness, and, and going on from that, how do they keep that form consistently? Um, first of all, I think, I think as I've mentioned before in the pod, Angers are one of my favorite sides in, in Liga, and they can be really compelling at their best. And I think the the... The cup game in the week is kind of, kind of um, indicative of their season a little bit. They they haven't taken the cup seriously at all this year. Um, I know that they they beat Con in, in February, like the, the at the beginning of February three one, and, and that was a very good win. But they've struggled against against Cronvalles in, in in at the beginning of January when they only won two one, and they put out a very weak side against Nantes in the Coupe de Ligue, which is a derby, an Eastern derby, which is their biggest derby from Angers point of view, not Nantes. And that was that was a that was a big that was a big occasion. At least I not took it very seriously, and it was a big crowd, and they they put out a very weak side for that game. So I think perhaps Moulin has realised that at least at the start of the year his squad wasn't the biggest, and perhaps he realised that maintaining that form that they did that, that they had last year that was so fantastic for for the first sort of two thirds of the year, half the half of the year, and staying in the league was going to be difficult with with you know some decent sides coming up and it being very even in that bottom half of the table. So he definitely prioritised the league, which I think is is the right decision. So for me, 
that that team that beat that beat Bastia last week so comfortably and has been in fantastic form in, in February where you know they, they went over Nancy who were in good form at the time that win at Lille was fantastic as well and and a, a, a decent draw with with, with Ren um, in February so they've, they've very much on form so I feel like now they get, as you mentioned getting those players back like Taltoko can be like from Adahedi like Shaken Doi uh, even Nicola Pepe from from the Afghan that they're really sort of hitting their stride again. They did show a little bit of form at the beginning of the season and, and they struggled to get the results they deserved. I thought they were playing well and just they were losing silly games, losing silly goals. I remember a home game of Lorient where they really should have won and drew to all conceded some silly goals. So I feel like, you know, that first 11 is is very strong for them. And um, if they can keep those guys in their team and keep them fit, then they are real, you know, they, they can give anybody a game in this league on their day pretty much. And now they're all getting back and that team is starting to sort of coalesce again, that they're really finding their form. And that's the real Angers, if you like, with that that midfield three of Santa Maria, Mangani and, and Ndoy have been fantastic this season overall, even though when they weren't winning games. Uh, Roman Tamara and Ishmael Torre are still very, very good at the back, although they had perhaps even the heights of last season, but they're still very effective defenders. And they've got a lot of options now, now, now that everyone's come back from the AFCON, injuries are starting to clear up a little bit. And they made those signings of Jonathan Bamba, who's been a bit of a revelation, really. I wasn't expecting this kind of form from him. He's been really good for them on the wing in Billy Ketko's absence and Carl Toka Camby's absence when he was at the AFCON and obviously Kevin Barrow is you know an experienced league player as well so they've got a lot of options in that attacking third so if they can keep their best players fit and they keep this team together and that they're, they're very much a, 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 a very good league inside even albeit a mid-table one and I would have I would I would I would proffer that, that, that the team that beat Bastos they come to be will hopefully be the team they, they keep Going forward for the rest of the season, and they'll they'll come to remain in 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 league and 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 I from my point of view, I hope so. I, I really enjoy them as as a club, and they've got some fantastic players. So, um, hopefully that that Bastia team will, will maintain its form. I think the cup game was a bit of a they didn't take it too seriously in the week. Yeah, certainly Bastia are in great def- or Angers are in great defensive form. Uh, only mm. one goal conceded their last five, and as you rightly said, they are in, in good form. That's now four wins on the trot in all competitions. Yeah. So, yeah, again, it is a matter of rotation for Mulan. And, and who knows? You know, maybe Ange could make a run at the Cup. We've seen unlikely teams uh, do well. Bastien in the Coupe de la League final a few years ago. Gangam mm. winning, winning the Coupe de France. It wouldn't be beyond their own possibility for this no. team to really push on and make an impact. Uh, moving on now, I've got our predictions for that. Um, Nathan, what, what do you think between Khan and Ange in the multiplex? I'm probably going against. What, what my head probably should say, but I'm going with the current form of Khan, which is 1 0 Khan. All right, I actually was going to say the same thing. Uh, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go with 1 all. Adam? Uh, I'm gonna, I was going to say 1 all, <laughs> so I'll go 0 0. 0 0. All right. Neither of the teams are great attacking, but. Uh, Khan have looked decent. I think they've adapted their, their tactics slightly in the absence of, of Jan Karamo and, and John Victor McKengo. Now they're back to a 3-5-2 with Ronnie Rodland playing a little bit closer to Ivan Santini. Rodland's been amongst the goals lately, and I think that that's helped make a difference. Pick up some of the scoring load from Santini, who's been a little bit out of form. But I think this should be an underrated match to watch uh, in the multiplex on Saturday. Uh, not really a whole lot else that I think necessarily catches the eye uh, of those five matches. But there is another match we're going to talk about, so hopefully we can <laughs> have something to be engaged with here. That's Montpellier hosting Gangup. Nathan, Montpellier were unfortunate against Nice last weekend, and some have pointed to Gasset's dropping Lucas Picorni for Daniel Congre at Central Defense as being part of that issue, that loss 2-1. Uh, 
the veteran was torched by Mikel Libian on the winner, and Jeremy looked off the pace in his first start back from a, quite a long injury layoff. Did Gasset have an obligation to him as a veteran presence in the team, or should he have stuck with the players that had seen Montpellier win three of four after his appointment? It's always a difficult toss-up, that kind of that kind of decision. Do you stick with a team that's got you good results recently, or do you bring in someone who, at least on the face of it, is a, a better player, at least from what we've previously seen of Daniel Congre? And at the same time, this is a really difficult game, I think, to really bring someone back in, especially at centre-back, um, with Nice being, yes, we, I suppose without um, the likes of Balotelli and and player who's out for the season, obviously, they they probably thought it was a much com- more comfortable game to bring him in. And, and in all honesty, Montpellier in the first half were the better side as well. They they really pushed, they really created a lot of chances and probably should have, on another day, might have made it out of sight before it even got to the point where Lebian came on in the second half. But if I was Gasset, I think you try not to mix with something that's working. Um even if it means bringing in someone like that, it's it's much easier if it was, say, if this was, and I mention it almost every week, it seems, if this was Riyad Boudibou who's coming back from a long injury layoff, there's no doubt in my mind that you put that kind of player in because he's a difference maker. Um, again, at the same time, if this is someone like Monaco and it's Gleek who's been out for a while, you bring him in because he's an exceptional talent. Is Congre of that kind of level? Is he that much better than Pacorni's shown in the last couple of weeks in a team that's been succeeding? I'm not as certain. I, when you're a mid-table side like that, um, I wouldn't have risked it, in all honesty. Um, I would have tried to keep him going what was working. Um, if it didn't work, then at least you've got the excuse to bring in Congre next week and give him an extra week's training, giving him a little bit longer to recover and bits like that and, and, and sort of get back into the flow of playing again. Um and that's probably the the issue again is he got torched in the winner near the last five ten minutes. Maybe it was again match fitness not being back into the swing of things, that tiring in that last set, ten minutes or so, um, seeing him beaten and and yeah, it was a risk in my honesty. But again, it's a real toss up for a manager, isn't it? It's do you play that experienced player that you know what you're getting, or do you stick what you're with? If you get it wrong, you're going to get torched either way, in all, in all fairness. So, while I might have done it differently, I, I don't blame Gasset for that one. All right. Get score predictions here. I'll, whew, I'll go with a 2-0 Montpellier win. Adam? I'll go 1-0 Montpellier. And Nathan? Uh, 3-1 Montpellier. I have been showing good form that lost to Nice. Notwithstanding, Steve Mounier is back amongst the goals Certainly a match to keep an eye on as well. Gangamp have been stuttering a little bit of late. Now, our final match to preview is Sunday's encounter between Toulouse and Lille. Adam, Toulouse have got themselves back into the, could have got themselves back into the discussion for European football with a win last week against a rather middling Nancy side, but they failed to take advantage. Uh, what went wrong in, in, in that match? Was it dropping Trejo into central midfield? Uh, was it the absence of Blanc? Was it, was it something else? I think it's a combination of factors. I think the Alexi Blanc is is a very very underrated player, and Depraz has has come out and said there was that period that we've we discussed before on the pod where they, their form really dropped off, and and he was out of the side, and well he he was sort of in and out of the side, but he was carrying a heel injury, I think, carrying some sort of injury anyway, and, and Depraz said that it, he's so important for this team if he's not playing well, his his 
ability on the ball, his range of passing and his, his ability to to cover the back four as well. He does so much for that midfield. Without him, they're, they're you know, a lesser team. And that's something I, I think is it was painfully evident last week. I don't necessarily think that Trejo dropping back into midfield is too much of a, of a, of a, of a, of a negative. I think he's actually relatively decent in that position. I thought he had a, you know, a, a middling game. It wasn't, wasn't terrible. Um, but I felt like overall the midfield suffered not just without Blanc, obviously, but with Martin Braithwaite playing effectively as as an Amid. Um, I know that Domaz came in and and uh, in in as sort of on that left hand side where Braithwaite's sort of been very good. Not necessarily this season because he's been playing as the main striker, but when Wasim Benyeda was there last season, he was very good on the left hand side, and he, and that's a position that he does very well, even though it's perhaps not his main role. He's definitely a main striker, but moving him inside, I think. In that situation where Nancy didn't commit too many men forward, they were they were aware that they were in poor form and they really didn't cause too many problems. And I think they were happy with the draw, to be honest. And a very combative midfield. I felt like that Toulouse could have taken hold of that midfield, and 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 didn't, especially without Blen, obviously, as I said. But Braithwaite was a little bit too further forward, and and with Saitu and and Padretti and Benassa, very sort of very central midfield players. Neither of them. None of them are really going to push on, and they're all quite defensively minded, at least fair, you know, overall. That Nancy weren't caused any problems in in sort of in sort of thirty, forty yards and goal. They they were they were very comfortable defending and and got about to lose. And Toulouse didn't take control of that middle third of the pitch, which they really could have really the opportunity to, because Braithwaite perhaps doesn't have the discipline to play that that Amid role that that you know has, that perhaps even Toivonen does and that Trejo does and he doesn't doesn't necessarily help out in midfield and perhaps hasn't got the link up play with the, those two midfielders of Bodiger and, and Trejo in there. So perhaps Toulouse missed an missed opportunity there trying to get Dermaz back in the side who didn't have the greatest of games. Um so perhaps it would have been simpler when they sort of used to having the Somalia and Silla perhaps on the wings and the, the midfield is also quite sort of well stocked and they were a little bit lightweight there last week with Bodega and Trejo. So I think for them, for Depraza, maybe a little bit of a lesson learned that he was trying to eat, sort of get Braithwaite back into a central position with Delore because he wants them both to play up front. But I don't know that it's something that um, it suits Braithwaite. I think it suits Toivon and I think it suits Trejo, but it doesn't necessarily suit him. So he may have to rethink that and have to keep Braithwaite on the left because I have a feeling that Braithwaite, you know, if it was if it was him, he wants to be the, the main man. He wants to play century at least. So uh, he, he may have to, for the rest of the season at least, bite the bullet and play 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 on the left-hand side because he's very good there as well. So I think it's perhaps lesson learned perhaps and they need to be a little bit more cautious in that midfield area and really you know try and take hold of it because they're, they're very good at home and I, I expect them to continue to push for that European place if they the Lord's really given them a shot on the arm so they're, they're still very good at home and away from home like it sort of conspired against them a little bit last week and it didn't really coalesce unfortunately but perhaps they'll they'll, they'll they won't re- I'd be surprised anyway if they revert to that 40 film with brave rate in attacking midfield anytime soon because it didn't didn't really work and it didn't really there wasn't much flow to their play and they were a bit stunted going forward overall they didn't really give have those opportunities to feed Delors or Jean or or de, or de Mazo on the overlap either so perhaps a little bit of a, a little bit of miscalculation on Depress's part but I still think they're very much top eight team perhaps even higher if they if they keep this good home form going. Yeah a charitable uh assessment there Adam I <laughs> Toulouse completed 67% of their passes against Nancy. Yeah. A scoreless draw. I think that, you know, I'm not too in, too fond of statistics on a podcast, but I think that that does speak volumes yeah, as to the does quality really, that was it? on display. Yeah, it was a terrible, terrible game of football. It really was. <laughs> uh, so what would be your score prediction then for this? Uh, I'm going to say Toulouse 2-0. Okay. 
to lose bounce back from that oh, bloody atrocious display at the weekend at 3-0 against uh, Middling, Leo. Okay, uh, I'll go with 2-1. All right, and that is all for this week. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday or Friday, whatever time you're listening to. For Nathan Staples and Adam White, I've been Eric Devin. Please do follow us on Twitter at GFFN and visit us online at www.getfootballnewsfrance for all the latest news views uh, from around the world of French football. We'll be back next week. Until then, please do tune in on Monday for the main show with Nathan and Philip Bargio. Thank you very much and have a pleasant rest of your day.